0: My sermon this morning is kind of one of those standalone sermons, kind of sets the foundation for where we're going. But um, I've got a whole series that I've got planned in my heart, but felt like I had a start here. So Greg said he wasn't going to ask everyone to fast, but I'll just tell you right now my, my sermon's about fasting, so I'm going to ask you to. So you didn't have to, but I will. Um, anyway, um, but uh, you know, when we look at the new year, when we look at this time of, of year, um, there's always a couple of scriptures that kind of resonate in my heart. And this thing, I'm not working right now. I... Uh, potentially, because it's not working. So I just need you to do the job today. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, some verses that kind of resonate in my mind, in my heart. Says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the sin, that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand uh, of the throne of God. And I I, I just, when, when the calendar changes, these are the verses that kind of just resonate in my heart. I mean, I always think about them, you know, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, throwing off that stuff, getting rid of it, Again, running the race, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's somewhere that that we're going. There's something that God is doing. And, and there's there's something nice. I mean, I, I said in my devotion this week, we've said Happy New Year a lot of years. Well, I bet people said it with enthusiasm this year. And you know, they're saying like 2020 has gone. And we we're real excited about saying 2021, like Happy New Year, that thing's done. That monster's gone. But... But that that idea of just starting again, starting new, that's kind of the the emphasis for a series that that's coming. But but I, I've been praying about you know pastors. We're supposed to have a vision. Uh, Greg came by the other day to take down the Christmas decorations, and he said, "So pastor, what's your vision for this year?" And I said, "I I don't really know. There's some things that I think God is speaking, but it's not like I have this catchphrase." But 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 I really feel like, and it was confirmed through the Word this morning, that God desires to fulfill His plans this year. In my heart, I sense that this year is a, is a year of fulfillment. It's a year that, that God desires to bring about the purpose or the plans or the promises that He's made. The other idea, the other compelling thing on my heart as a pastor is, I believe that this is a year where we begin to reap harvest, What greater fulfillment is there than someone understanding the love of Jesus Christ? Our church, I say we exist. It used to be on the wall, so I look at the wall, it's blank right now, but that doesn't mean the purpose isn't there. I just haven't found better things in them ugly banners yet. It's to love God, love people, and make an impact in our world. That's the purpose of our church. That's why I believe God has us here. What greater impact is there than someone recognizing the love of Jesus Christ? I believe that God wants to bring it to pass. I believe that God desires for lives to be transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. I believe that God desires for people to be radically changed by by an encounter with Jesus Christ. I want to say that again because I don't want to be in this alone. I believe there's people who need to understand who Jesus Christ is and understand what it means to be forgiven by Him. I believe there's people that have been living under the grip of sin. They've been controlled by sin in their life. And they need to understand what it means to truly be forgiven. I believe that's the greatest impact someone can experience. That's called salvation. I believe that this is a year of salvation. I'm going to say it again. I believe that's why we're here as a church. He's called us to be salt and light. He's called us to touch our community with His love. That's the purpose and plan He set before us. That's what I believe God desires to fulfill in us and through us this year. But God. But God. You know, as as we spend time in the Word of God and we see the purposes and plans that God has, He has an interesting pattern in Scripture when it comes to fulfilling His purpose. I'll try this again. There it went. It worked this time, Irene. Matthew chapter, chapter 4. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. says, From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Matthew chapter 4. This is the beginning of Jesus' purpose. <laughs> the beginning of His ministry. So, if you look in the book of Matthew, you can see, up until this, uh, the the little heading that happens right before this in my Bible is, Jesus begins to preach. This is when Jesus, the, the work the Father's been doing, he goes public, the fulfillment of the purpose in his life. So, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. You know what I find interesting? In this chapter, this is halfway through the chapter, Most of us would think you should start the chapter here, right? I mean, he's preaching now. But do you know what happened in the beginning of this chapter? Do you know what preceded this moment? I guess you do because it's still on the screen. It says, After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It's written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus, the moments before his earthly ministry began, the moment before Jesus began to preach, God, by his Spirit, called him to the wilderness to fast for 40 days. There's something... To the discipline of fasting that is imperative to the body of Christ. If Jesus needed to do it, guess what? I probably need to do it. We just read, we're fixing our eyes on Jesus... The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Well, he pioneered a way to effective, fruitful ministry, to the purposes of God being fulfilled. The way Jesus chose to embark, the way God inspired Jesus to embark on the fulfillment of his purpose was fasting. It doesn't just happen in, in, in this, in the Gospels. I'm sorry, I'm going to read this verse. First Timothy chapter four. Verse 7 says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. Someone probably needs to understand that, train yourselves. Because I think a lot of times we have this notion that all of a sudden, when I when I get saved, when I when I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I'm all of a sudden going to be godly. Paul is writing to Timothy and says. Train yourself to be godly. The analogies we've been using is running a race. And and the idea, he says, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That's why we labor and strive. That is why we labor and strive. Because we put our hopes in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Paul is teaching Timothy, sometimes for us to accomplish the things that God desires, for us to accomplish the purposes of God, we have to train ourselves. He used the words, Labor and strive. We read the word press on. There's work, there's effort that God requires from His people in order to fully accomplish His plans. One of the series ideas I was wrestling around with for this next year was the idea of uncomfortable. You know, I think a lot of times we are so comfortable in church that anytime something hurts just a little bit, we assume it must not be from God then when it doesn't come easy, then we say, God must not be in the middle of this. But, but the reality is, is that you and I, we're, we're, we're set apart for a purpose. If you consider this your church home, I'm telling you, you're set apart for a purpose. Because that's where God's leading me as a pastor. And so if you're set apart for a purpose, there's a plan that God has for your life, It's going to take some work, some effort, some preparation and training on our behalf. If I said, let's go run a marathon, who's coming? I ain't going. Because I want to make it to about the edge of the parking lot and say, this is enough. Don't laugh. Just because you run on a treadmill doesn't mean you can make fun of me right now. Why would I set out on a marathon if I haven't trained for it? That would be foolish. Why would we set about to accomplish the will of God without training, without striving, without laboring? And one of the ways that we see in Scripture is this principle of fasting. It's working now, Irene, you're good. Acts chapter 13 says, Now... In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them. It's the beginning of their ministry. God is calling them to a purpose. So what is the response of the people? So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. To accomplish the purpose, to prepare for the purpose that God had set before them, they fasted and prayed. John Piper said, in our day there's been a remarkable resurgence in worship and prayer. We see three disciplines here. Worship, fasting, And prayer. He says there's been a remarkable resurgence in the worship uh, of worship and prayer. Tens of thousands of congregations around the world are experiencing more vibrant, freer, more engaging worship in the last 20 years. And the prayer movements around the world are unprecedented in number and scope. But there's not yet a comparable resurgence in the practice of fasting. (coughs) Excuse me, as there has been with worship and prayer. It's remarkable how neglected this spiritual practice is. You see, I believe that sometimes worship and prayer can be pretty comfortable. I'm asking God, I'm praising God, it feels good. We sing good songs, makes me feel good. God's hearing my prayer. But what about fasting? I think sometimes fasting is uncomfortable. And so we just avoid it because it just doesn't feel good. I'm in a bad mood. I'm hungry. Whatever. First, John Wesley says, First, let fasting be done unto the Lord with our eye singly fixed on Him. Let our intentions herein be this and this alone, to, to glorify the Father which is in heaven. Richard Foster, he writes a book that Tam did with the women one time, Celebration and Discipline, and the discipline of fasting is in there. He defines fasting is the voluntary denial of a normal function for the sake of intense spiritual activity. Did you hear what I just said? A voluntary denial of a normal function, not just to do that. Because, see, sometimes we've misunderstood fasting, right? We've done it for all the wrong reasons. We've done it for all the wrong whys. And so we've denied ourselves food and we've denied ourselves TV. We've denied, I remember, I was a good Catholic kid. We had Lent every year. And every year I gave up candy. I don't know why I gave up candy for 40 days. What kid wants to give up candy for 40 days? But I did it. But why? Because I got the first part. It was, it was an intent, a voluntary denial. Maybe it was unvoluntary. My parents made me. But, but denial of a normal function. Why? For the sake. For the sake of intense spiritual activity. There's something very spiritual about fasting. Fasting is something that is a discipline for today. Matthew chapter 6 says, When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces and show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward. Jesus answered, this is after the, they, they, they asked him about fasting. He says, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time is coming when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they what? I believe we're living here. Are we in agreement that's where we're living? If that's where we're living, the expectation that Jesus spoke was in this time, we will fast. It's supposed to be one of those disciplines, one of those those practices that is a part of our life, but for some reason it's kind of fallen to the periphery or even just off the map completely. I believe Jesus, I believe Barnabas and Saul taught us if we have an expectation for the fulfillment of God's plans, we need to practice the discipline of fasting. It's absolutely for today. Fasting is not Isaiah chapter 58, verse 3 through 5. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Remember when I talked about intense spiritual activity without the four? This is where the church, this is where the people of Israel were. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? During the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one head like a reed lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? One of the struggles I think we face with fasting is it becomes more of a ritual than it is actually an, an opportunity for a spiritual encounter, an intense spiritual encounter with God. So what happened here? If I don't eat for 24 hours, I'm grumpy. If I don't eat for about four hours, I'm grumpy. To be honest, I think I wake up in the middle of the night and eat some food. Now, They're all grumpy. They don't like each other. You do as you want. You exploit other people. You end in quarreling and strife and striking each other with wicked fists. They're a bunch of hundred people and all they can do is fight with each other. Because they forgot the for. They forgot the why behind the fasting. They forgot the, the important part of Fasting. Some people forget the important part. Some people do it just so they can say they've accomplished something. Like they have the fasting merit badge. Like I did it for 40 days and now I get my merit badge and I get to wear it around. And it becomes a source of pride for you. That was the Pharisees, right? When you do your acts of righteousness, he says... In the book of Matthew, I believe it's in chapter 6, don't do those acts before men so that other people can see them, but do them before God. Because he who sees what is done in secret will reward what is done in secret. He said, when you fast, do what? Don't let people tell you're fasting. Don't let your face look somber. Don't look beaten down or, 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 or whatever. But, 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 but allow yourself to be presentable. Because, see, sometimes we fast. Why? Because we're supposed to. Pastor preached on fasting and now we got to do it. And then we just become hangry and we punch each other. We fast because we think other people will notice it. I'm the best faster there is. No one's a faster, faster than me. And sometimes... We simply do it as a hunger strike to get God to move on our behalf. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I starve myself long enough, maybe God will notice my my issue and he'll do something for me. I want to tell you, fasting is not about changing God's will to align with your will. Fasting is about changing yourself to align with God's plans. I'm gonna say that again because fasting has been confused for a long time. That if I fast when things are really bad, all of a sudden my life is falling apart and I'm gonna put myself in a fast because maybe God will see how hungry I am, He'll take notice of what I'm doing, and He'll change, He'll change for my behalf. No, the fasting, the purpose, the object of fasting is you. You're the one who is changed by voluntarily denying yourself. Isn't that really what we're on? Is denying ourselves? Denying something that I enjoy, denying something that I, that I value, something that I need, whether it be food, whatever, by denying myself, I'm allowing myself to become conformed to the image of God. I'm transforming myself into a place where I can understand better His will, His plans, and purposes for my life. Too often I feel like we we fasted to twist God's arm to do something for us. His arm doesn't need to be twisted. God loves you. God desires to give you great gifts, He says. Fasting is to put myself in a place where I can be refined, in a place where I can be transformed, in a place where I can be used by Him. I'm the object of fasting. Bill Bright, he was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, He said, the purpose of fasting is to honor God, to humble ourselves, to recognize and repent, to seek God's grace for His purposes in our lives, to draw nearer to God. That's why I fast. These things are about me. I'm honoring God. I'm humbling myself. I'm recognizing. I'm repenting. That's not a bad word. It's okay to say, repent. Repent means I recognize my sin and I'm walking away from it. Repent means I'm sorry for what I've done and I don't want to go back there. Sometimes when I'm the one in fasting, God begins to reveal to me those areas of myself where I've been leaning on myself. Sometimes God begins to show to me those places where I haven't been trusting in Him, but I've been trusting in me or in others. And suddenly I have to recognize... Remember we talked in Sunday school about watch? There you are. I'm watching what's going on, and now I'm going to repent. I'm going to seek God's grace for my life and His purpose in my life. And I'm going to draw nearer to Him, not convince Him to come nearer to me. And here's where I get excited. Isaiah chapter 58. The chapter, it's called true fasting. Isaiah chapter 8 doesn't just stop talking about people throwing punches at each other. But it tells me what to expect when I've embraced the discipline of fasting. He says, is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. That's the impact. To set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry? To provide for the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked? To clothe them and to turn away from your own flesh and blood? That's you being transformed. That's you being able to see. That's you being able to recognize the purpose and plans God has set before you. then then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of of the hungry you satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations, you will be called the repairer of broken walls, the restorer of streets with dwellings. I'm telling you, I want to see those results in my life. I'm telling you, I want to see those results in our church. I'm telling you, I want to see those promises in your life. I want to see those things fulfilled in you. What were the results? You know some chains that need to be loosed? Do you know some yokes that need to be broken? Are there some places that your light needs to shine just a little bit brighter, that your light needs to break through the light of God in you, break through and bring revelation and understanding? Is there transformation that maybe has to come in you so you can see the heartfelt needs around you, so that you can recognize those broken and hurting around you, so you can be compelled to sacrifice, to humble yourself for their behalf? Who needs to see healing? Who needs to walk boldly? Knowing that God is going before you and that God has got your back. Who needs to hear God's answers? Because His promise is you will. You will. Rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. The darkest moment of your light will be the brightest thing others can see. Do you see that? Your night will become like the noonday. The way you handle yourself in the middle of this challenge. The way you go through this obstacle. The way you handle this darkness. The light of God will, will shine so brightly in you and through you that you will be like the noonday. That's the point where the sun's right above us. That's when it's super bright. You will. You will. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy you. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun scorched land. He will strengthen your flame. You will. Huh? This is Isaiah 58. You want to read it later? You can check it out. This is God's promise. You will be like a well-watered garden. He just talked about a sun-scorched land. How attractive is a well-watered garden in the middle of a sun-scorched land? What's the principle of a well-watered garden? There's fruit there. There's life there. And there's potential for more life there. That's the potential of a seed. Remember that one? How many seeds are within a seed? Like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundation you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. I want to be known as a repairer and a restorer. I want to be known as someone God is using to do the incredible and remarkable. You guys can come up here. So this, in my heart, is a year of fulfillment. In my heart, even through the word God spoke to us in, in, in worship, that God is preparing us for a place where his promises can be fulfilled. This is a good time. This is a moment where God desires to bring about His purposes in your life. He desires to fulfill His plans in our church. Have you pressed on, labored, (laughs) and strived? I keep saying I need to lose about 20 pounds if it was only easy. But when it comes to stop eating, they just haven't done it. And God's got plans. He's got purposes. He's got promises that He made. He's got promises that He wants to fulfill. He wants to use you to break chains. He wants to use you to be light. He wants to use you to repair and restore. But i got to work. Just like Timothy, I have to train myself. And a tool for training an exercise for you and I is the discipline of fasting. And so Greg said, I'm not going to ask you to. Pastor's going to say, I'm going to ask you to. And I'm not going to ask you just to stop eating just for the sake of stop eating. I'm not going to ask you to give up candy just to give up candy or... but I'm going to ask you to voluntarily deny a normal function for the sake of some intense spiritual activity. If we fast without intense spiritual activity, that's just dieting. If I don't replace, if I don't focus, If I don't use that moment as an opportunity to press into the secret place if you're in Sunday school. What's the point? That's foolishness. But if I do it, if I voluntarily deny myself, and I say in this moment I'm going to seek God. So when I say church, I desire for us to fast. It's not just to give up something. It's not just so you can say you've done it. But it's so God can begin to transform you. So that God can work in your life. So that God can, can, can conform your will to His. And I get excited, excited. about the food. I get excited about what will be accomplished. I get excited about what God's going to do in you and through you. I get excited about about the things, the places, the promises that He's going to fulfill in your life. I'm excited about what He's going to do in our church. I can't wait to see impact. I can't wait to see a year of salvation. I can't wait to see lives transformed because of the goodness and love of God that's being revealed through His people. I can't wait to see light breaking forth in darkness. I can't wait until we are a well-watered garden in a sun-scorched land and people are coming here for fruit, for life, for sustenance. But if it's, it's only a pipe dream if I'm not willing to train myself. the way we're going to end service today is I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to have Walt, obviously he and Carrie, are going to play something. I'm just going to ask you to sit and listen. God, what is something that I can voluntarily deny? Someone, it might be how much time you spend on Facebook. Someone, it might be how much time you spend behind that the computer screen. For someone it might be one meal. For someone it might be 30 days. I don't know. When well, I ask you to listen to God. Ask God to begin to reveal you. What is a moment, what is something that when you deny it, it will remind you to intensely seek the presence of God. It will remind you to pursue His presence, to get into His Word, to Dive into what He's speaking to let Him saturate you with His love so that you can be transformed so His wills can be accomplished. Father, we come to You this morning and God, I thank You for Your Word and the confirmation of Your Word. God, I thank You for the great things that You've promised in the season that we are in. And I pray, God, that the discipline of fasting is not just an archaic practice that was once done, but is a principle that we apply to our lives. It's a part of our relationship with you. God, I pray that across this room, that you can continue to resonate that, that purpose that you have for us, that calling that you're setting before us, that, that plan for the season in which we're entering that you have for our lives. God, if we haven't heard that, if we don't know that, I pray that our ears are open to hearing from your Holy Spirit this day. And as we're listening to your plans and purposes you begin to nudge. You begin to show. You begin to demonstrate what we, God, what we can lay down, what we can voluntarily deny for intense spiritual activity. God, because your plans are imperative. salvation is a necessity. Freedom, God, for some, is the only way. Light is needed. And we the body of Christ. Help us, God, to train ourselves. Help us, God, to know your will, to hear your voice and strive, press on toward the goal that you've set before. lead us in this song. I'm up here to pray with you. If you just want to take a moment to pause and reflect, to stop and think, I encourage you just to listen to the voice of God. If it's hard for you to hear, get a piece of paper out. Write something down. If you get distracted, close your eyes. If you need to get the Word of God out, spend some time in His Word. But just allow God to speak to you, to show you what He needs you to hear this day, what He desires to for you to hear this day. I'm ready for 2021. Amen. I'm ready to see God make some well-watered gardens. I'm ready for some repaired walls and some restored foundations. I'm ready for some healing and, and some goodness. I'm ready for some some transformation, some eternity being transformed because of God's plans and purposes being fulfilled in our lives. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you, may he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may he turn his face towards you, and grant you his peace. And may you run, may you chase after, may you strive for God's purposes to be fulfilled in your life. Amen. Be blessed.